my dad splits his time between Tampa and Chicago. Um, so on his Tampa gigs, he had a bass player come in last year for my dad's um, trio set with Paul Wertigo. It was Hiram Hazley. This year, um, he's also bringing in another great um, bass player, uh, Mark Neuenschwander, who has uh, performed with Chick Corea and everyone. And um, and uh, Eric, yeah, Eric's definitely a big get. But um, I'll read I'll read who we got. So uh, we got Paul Wertigo again with uh, uh, playing with my dad, Scott Earl Holman, and uh, Mark Neuenschwander from uh, four to five p.m. Uh, then the next set, 5 to 6 p.m., is Ari Brown um, with Matt Eulery, Ted Sirota, and myself. Uh, 6 to 7 is uh, Sam Robinson. Again, Mark Neuenschwander, Leonard Stroud, and myself on piano. Um, and then we have the last two sets. We have Eric Alexander. Um, 7 to 8 is Eric Alexander with Tim Davis um, on drums, John Sutton on bass, uh myself on piano and eight to nine is again eric um tim davis and clark summers on bass and myself on piano so um very grateful to have these incredible musicians willing to participate Hey everybody, Mike Jeff for Chicago Jazz Magazine, chicagojazz.com, and welcome to another episode of Around Town. Today we've got Jim Holman, a great piano player here in town. I'm sure many of you know who he is, but he's also one of the founders, along with uh, his father, Scott Earl Holman, of the sixth annual, six, six years already, Labor Day Jazz Fest, which used to be the Rusty Jones jam session back in the day because of our great friend Rusty Jones. When he passed away, it switched over. It's always been on Labor Day and it's the Labor Day Jazz Fest, sixth annual. It's coming up uh, September 4th at the Jazz Showcase, of course, 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. nonstop jazz. And this year, he's got quite a lineup. Eric Alexander, great saxophonist from New York, he's coming back to town. He's going to be performing at the showcase, along with Jim, along with Paul Wertico, along with Ari Brown, Clark Summers is going to be involved, Scott Earl Holman is going to be there, and many others. So, Jim, thanks for jumping on. I can't believe it's been six years already. We talk every year around this time about this fest, and it just keeps growing, and I'm so happy it's at the showcase again. And uh, how are you, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Mike. For sure. So um, let's talk a little bit about this. First, let's talk about how it got started. And it's always on Labor Day. But talk a little bit about how you first started the uh, fest. Right. So um, Ira Sullivan uh, has been a friend of my father's for a long time uh, when they uh, knew each other in Miami. Um, and shortly after I got out of um, University of Pittsburgh, I got an opportunity to record with him and got to perform with him to some capacity every year when he would come up to Chicago for his um, residency at the showcase. And uh, so we would try to do things before before and after. And then uh, one of the years, um, so it would have been six years ago, the first one of these, uh, one of the, really the only time we were going to be able to book something was on Labor Day itself because um, that's when uh, the showcase was off back then, you know. So um, we had to do it, uh, you know, a safe distance from the showcase because uh, didn't want to 
conflate that with uh, Ira's residency, right? So um, Ira being Ira, he, you know, he must have been, uh, he must have been in his early 80s at that point in time, but he was still doing the pub crawl, which was, I think, for five hours or something like right. five or six hours. Um, and, uh, you know, his tradition was to, like, have people come up and, and sit in and, you know, try to hang with his tempos that he was doing all the way up until his passing. Um, so we already knew he was game for it. And we ran it by him. was like, hey, like, uh, let's, let's, we rented out a space for the very first one in Morton Grove. Uh, said, Ira, like, well, what if we did, like, as long as we're renting this space, let's see if we can do it for like a big chunk of time. Like, do you think you could do it for nine hours? And he's like, yeah, he was, he was excited to do it. And um, we had like Danny Shapira on that. Uh, Paul Wertigo was actually on the first one. Um, and so it started out kind of as a jam session mentality. Um, so you had mentioned Rusty's name. The reason why that was attached as we thought it was like a nice nod to him, kind of like how you would name a building after somebody. We thought at the time it was gonna be a one-off kind of thing. We didn't think it was gonna be like every year. Uh, so for, I don't know if it was the three years or so, but it, it started out as a, as a jam session where we'd have the call guys to be the house band basically for different slots throughout the time. And Ira would kind of hold court for that those entire uh, nine hours. Then, <laughs> um, uh, as things developed, it kind of turned into more of a, a showcase of the actual musicians who who I was booking to be a part of it officially. And uh, they were all headliners in town. They're all the the top guys. So, I'm thinking, you know, nine hours—that's like a festival. Um, mm -hmm. So, we. Uh, we started leaning more into the festival naming of it um, and uh, hasn't really been a jam since. Um, and uh, we always, every year we miss Ira, but thankfully what he, um, his, his uh, generosity towards helping getting this off the ground kind of allowed it to have a momentum of its own and uh, continue to be able to get some top, top guys coming in. Well, and, and and by the way, you should mention that that first one, the second one, third one, when I was Ira was still around, you know, he played nine hours. But also that's after he just ran the jazz show yeah. famous jam sessions for like six uh -huh. seven hours each night during Jazz Fest and all these different right. people coming and sitting in. And he would just keep playing. And I remember Joe trying to tell him to stop because he had to stop at one point because he had to lock the door. <laughs> And he kept just bringing people up and stuff. So Ira had a ton of energy and Ira also always gave back to the community. You know, mm -hmm. I remember him having, and I played this, I played one with him at the sunny day tap, man, I'm starting to remember all this stuff now back in the nineties. And he did a, did a, like a clinic for up and coming musicians and telling them what tunes they need to learn and how etiquette of like playing in front of people. He used to always do those things because he always wanted to help continue the tradition of the music, which is, incredible and now you guys are doing the same thing with this jazz fest on labor day weekends so it's jazz showcase of course jazzshowcase.com all the information from 4 p.m to 9 p.m but you're also giving back too so you've got the griffin institute which uh helps 
kind of underprivileged and also up and coming musicians in, in, in different areas where there isn't really a music program per se. And he's giving back by creating opportunities for kids to learn about jazz, learn about performance, learn about music and talk a little bit about the Griffin Institute and who runs that. Yeah. So Dr. Griffin is uh, an incredible, um, Dr. Roosevelt Griffin is an incredible educator in Chicago. Um, he plays trumpet. So, um, and he's a, he's a fine musician in his own right. Um, I met him, uh, must've been about 10 years ago or so, um, with, a, a mutual friend of mine, Barrett Harmon, the trumpet player I went to, um, university of Pittsburgh with, who also lives in Chicago, great trumpet player, um, and also a great educator. Um, and he would run these things called the GI Jam, which is the Griffin Institute Jam Session, where it'd be, he'd get like, he'd buy a bunch of pizzas and some drinks, like soda and stuff, and invite families to bring their kids. So like as young as, geez, as young as like fourth grade up through like high school, bring their horns. And he would get uh, professional musicians to come and help kind of curate a jam session on a weekly basis. And uh, there, had been asked to do it and Barrett asked me to come along with him and then um, I met Dr. Roosevelt Griffin and uh, I became aware of the fact that he was doing this largely out of his own pocket it was a complete non-for-profit um, although he teaches at various schools around Chicago professionally um, so it must have been three years ago the first time we were at Andy's for the the um, jazz Labor Day Jazz Fest um, had, had an idea of um, I have a bunch of CDs that uh, that you know it's hard to, it's hard hard to make a buck <laughs> off of your own personal <laughs> CDs but I want I want people to have them you know and listen to them and so so well I mean I've been meaning to do something with uh, somehow to be supportive towards uh, the Griffin Institute and. Uh, so I was like, well, my dad also has CDs. And I was like, well, gee, I wonder if like the people I'm asking would be willing to part with a few CDs. So um, had, and musicians universally were very generous. Like I would say like, you know, if you got one or two, you want to give in like uh, Matt Eulery gave me like a big stack of great CDs of his and, um, and uh, Clark Summers brought his and everyone was just so cool about it. And um, we were, um, we were able to raise um about seven hundred dollars this last time hoping to keep growing it um so yeah and it, it, mostly i just would like people to know that dr griffin is doing what he does uh i've seen firsthand it's it's a beautiful thing it's a very communal thing it's getting these kids uh the spiritual outlet that um that everyone needs you know yeah. Well, and, and having somebody like that run something and actually teaching these kids, a professional teaching these kids, you know, whether they're just learning or whether they're getting better and better, maybe they might turn this into a, a profession. It's always nice to be able to work with somebody who's a professional and also the fact mm -hmm. that he brings professionals into the organization. So all the proceeds from all these CDs that you're getting. And of course we talked before, I'm going to give you CDs as well. Uh, we'll go towards the Griffin Institute, which is, which is awesome. So before we wrap this up, I want to make sure we 
don't miss any of the artists here because you're bringing Eric Alexander in. So this is uh, this is going to be quite a uh, a group here that you have going. You've got Eric Alexander, Paul Wertico, Ari Brown, Clark Summers is playing. Um, you know, is this one of the first times you've brought somebody in for the fest? Because it seems like now you're starting to grow the fest and reaching outside Chicago and bringing it into Chicago, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we, we brought in um, uh, Hiram Hazley, who's a bass player that my dad has. Um, my dad splits his time between Tampa and Chicago. Um, so on his Tampa gigs, he had a bass player come in last year for my dad's um, trio set with Paul Wertigo. And it was Hiram Hazley. This year, um, he's also bringing in another great um, bass player, uh, Mark Neuenschwander, who... Uh, perform with Chick Corea and everyone and um and uh Eric yeah Eric's definitely a big get but um I'll read I'll read who we got so uh we got Paul Wertigo again with uh, uh playing with my dad Scott Earl Holman and uh Mark Neuenschwander from uh 4 to 5 p.m uh then the next set 5 to 6 p.m is Ari Brown um with Matt Eulery, Ted Sirota and myself uh, six to seven is uh, Sam Robinson. Again, Mark Neuenschwander, Leonard Stroud, and myself on piano. Um, and then we have the last two sets. We have Eric Alexander. Um, seven to eight is Eric Alexander with Tim Davis um, on drums, John Sutton on bass, uh, myself on piano. And eight to nine is, again, Eric um, Tim Davis and Clark Summers on bass and myself on piano. So um, very grateful to have these incredible musicians willing to, to participate. Well, it's going to be something. And the cool thing is, is that the Jazz Fest actually ends on Sunday night. And then you mm. have a day of jazz on Monday when most other places are dark after that, after that fest. So sixth annual Labor Day jazz fest jazz showcase all the information is at jazzshowcase.com you can get tickets in advance or you can buy them at the door uh 4 p.m to 9 p.m and uh you know it's 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 growing man it's growing it's it you're gonna you're gonna end up uh turning this thing into something and then you're gonna really be creating another full-time job for yourself jim so be careful <laughs> well mike um before um before we cut it i I got to mention how supportive you've been in its inception. Uh, you've been very helpful in, in getting the word out from, from day one. So um, a big thank you to you and obviously for the, the CDs as well, but um, <laughs> it means a lot. Thank you. Well, anything I can do like that. And, you know, I know I've known you and your father even longer than you. And uh, you know, you guys are always doing something great. And this is this is definitely something that everybody should get behind and support, not only because it's going to a good cause, but it's also something very unique to Chicago and it's growing. And that's something that uh, we need to take advantage of. And I think it's going to continue to grow. So congratulations to you guys for keeping this thing happening. And uh, of course, everybody go to jazzshowcase.com for all the information. And Jim, thank you so much. And uh, I will try to get over there on Labor Day weekend to check it out. And I'm sure everybody will as well that is watching this. Thanks so much, Mike. For sure. And of course, thanks everybody for watching. As I always say, all the information is on chicagojazz.com, including the Jazz Fest, the sixth annual uh, Labor Day Jazz Fest. That's all there too. So you can go to the chicagojazz.com. And of course, as I always say, all information on chicagojazz.com about jazz 
anywhere in Chicago. And until next time, hopefully I will see somebody out on the scene.